Every journey begins with the first step. Now we've all heard that one before, but there's a Jewish maxim that's even better. And I'll tell it to you in just a moment. Let's begin the journey. I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr, and this is Torah for Christians. Welcome to Torah for Christians. I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr. Now, the famous Hebrew axiom that is pertinent here is this one. Kol achalot kashot. All beginnings are difficult. The hardest part of a journey is getting started. Once we begin the walk, we can find meaning in both the journey and the destination. The first steps, however, can be daunting. I can only imagine the discussion that took place between Moses and Jethro, his father-in-law. Now, it might have gone something like this, and believe me, this is conjecture. Dad? Yes, Moses? Do you remember the trouble I had with that sheep the other day? Well, he wandered off again, and this time something amazing happened. What could possibly have happened, Moses? I followed this sheep up to the top of Mount Sinai and saw this bush. It was burning, but was not consumed. I stopped to look at it for some time, but it just kept burning. Nonsense, Moses. Bushes catch fire in the desert all the time, but then they burn out. You must be mistaken. No, I swear this bush kept burning and burning. And then I heard a voice. It was the voice of God. And what did this voice tell you to do? This voice said that, the God was called Ahiah. Ahiah told me that I had to go back to Egypt and free my fellow Hebrews from their slavery. He said, what? You heard me. I have to go back to Egypt and confront Pharaoh. But Pharaoh will kill you and my daughter and grandsons too. That's a risk I have to take. After all, I can't say no to God. You keep Zipporah and the kids here then. No sense risking their lives too. Very well, Moses, go, but be very careful and come back alive to see me when you have completed your task. Moses had lived with Jethro for 40 years. Jethro was Moses' father figure as well as father-in-law and his employer. Moses married Jethro's daughter and gave him two grandsons. He was secure living among the Midianites but God told him to go back to Egypt. And so he did. Walking back to Egypt with Aaron, his brother, Moses must have devised a plan. It must have been a daunting task. Implementing the plan would also be hard, but at least they knew the goal. How many of us know what we want, but can't seem to map out a process to achieve our goals? Isn't the hardest part of going to college filling out the enrollment forms? Between the confusing application, asking for references, sending the transcripts, any academic or psychological testing, the fees and tuition to be paid, the financial aid application, the site visits, and even the personal interviews, oy, it's no wonder that so many potential applicants give up before they even click on the website to start. Yet we still know what we want. We might even know how to get what we want. 
but we are afraid to take the first steps to get what we want. Why is that? Often people attribute lack of success to laziness, incompetence, or just plain old bad luck. In many cases, though, I attribute it to fear, the fear of getting started, which is often the same as the fear of failure, both of which paralyze us and keep us from even starting to fulfill our life dreams. If you are like me, your eternal goal when it comes to health is to lose weight and exercise. Everyone wants this. It's been ingrained in our brains since we were toddlers. Stay fit and you'll live a long and healthy life. So let's say that we decide to eliminate sweets and walk outside for 30 minutes every morning. We'll assume that we will lose weight. Our sugars and bad carbs will go down and our metabolism will go up. It's a safe and sure formula for weight loss. At least that's what the doctors tell us. We start on a Monday morning with great enthusiasm. But on Wednesday, there's an office party for your boss's retirement and somebody hands you a piece of cake. Since you have been, quote, good for all of two days, you decide to treat yourself to that piece of cake. And then a second piece, along with some fruit, cheese, and crackers, and maybe a glass of wine. After your binge, you realize that you are right back where you started. You commit again to cutting out sugars and carbs. But Friday is your spouse's birthday. Another party, another cake. This time you say no to the cake and munch on carrots instead. It's not as good, I know. But you make your spouse, partner, friend extremely happy as well. It's a nice birthday present. It's a hard beginning, but you feel great for saying no. And then when the next excuse for cheating rolls around, it is easier to say no since you already have said no once. Besides, you are finally fitting into those thin clothes in your closet and you want to sell or donate those fat clothes and never go back to them. What are some of the obstacles to your goals? If your 10-year goal, for example, is to earn a PhD in your field, some of the obstacles may be a lack of money, financial obligations, perhaps you are a single parent and being a full-time student will not work out. There may be religious considerations to consider or you've got too much overtime at work. And obviously there may not be a quality graduate school in the area. The reasons for not doing the PhD are endless. Now consider ways to overcome each obstacle. If, for example, there is not a quality graduate school in the area, perhaps there is an online option with only an occasional trip to the home campus. Perhaps you can even relocate. If money is the problem, perhaps your company will pay for your education if you promise them a certain number of years of service after receiving your degree. Maybe you have a, quote, rich uncle who can help you. Maybe you qualify for a grant or scholarship, or maybe you do a work-study program. As Mr. Spock of Star Trek fame famously said, there are always alternatives. We may just need to look harder to find them. Even with this kind of planning and goal setting, it truly is hard to get started. It is a fearful time when we realize that we are on the cusp of something new and that we are leaving the security of the present, no matter how unpleasant it may be, 
for the uncertainty of the future. A true leader, however, will embrace this uncertainty and see it as an opportunity for change and growth. This is what Moses did. He marched back to Egypt and fulfilled his obligations to God and to the Israelites. Slavery, no matter how awful, was preferable to the uncertainties of desert wandering towards a place they did not know. Moses had to change that perspective and convince over 600,000 Israelites to take a leap of faith. No small task. Every journey begins with a single step. I am asking you to identify what that first step will be and then take it. If it is a diet, then say no to that piece of cake. If it is a job promotion, list the reasons why you deserve it and then speak with your boss. If your goal is to reconcile with a family member, list the reasons for the estrangement and the steps that you are willing to take to reconcile, and then email or call that family member. Take a deep breath and do it. If you fail, are you really any worse off than you are now? Isn't losing no weight better than gaining more weight? Of course. Is remaining in your current job better than losing it? Definitely. Are you any worse off for trying to reconcile than you were before the attempt? Of course not. If anything, you should be proud of yourself for the attempt. So even if we trip up and fall flat on our faces, we are no worse off than when we started. But if we succeed, as Moses did, then there are untold benefits that await us. Moses became the greatest leader the world has ever known. He freed hundreds of thousands from slavery. He became a teacher, a judge, and a lawgiver. His name is the most prominent name in all of Judaism and critical for Christianity and Islam as well. All this happened because Moses took that first step and said goodbye to Jethro. By changing his life, he was able to change history. As we change our lives and grow into effective servant leaders, we too can change history. We do not know how that will happen, but it will. It might be hard to begin, but begin we must. Success beckons those who embark upon the journey. So here are today's Moses principles. All beginnings are difficult. The future is uncertain. Embrace the uncertainty. We're going to take a two-week break from new episodes so that I can finalize the first edition of my ebook, Moses is My Uncle, Lessons in Biblical Leadership, from which I've taken these last 10 podcast episodes. Once we start up again after Labor Day, we will focus our podcast on the upcoming High Holy Days of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. But wait, there's more. After Labor Day, membership opportunities for Torah for Christians will finally become available through our website, www.torahforchristians.net. By joining, you will have the opportunity to be a part of private, members-only Zoom calls where you will be able to ask me anything that interests you, discover special postings, and as a gift, download at no cost a copy of this new ebook. As a member, you will also be able to get more unannounced goodies as we create them. Please don't forget, however, to catch up on my Substack columns, 
Wednesday Torah, which just restarted this week, and Bible stories they never taught you in religious school, a commentary on the weekly Torah portion. You can find those on the website as well or on Substack, and you can even book me as a speaker through the website. I want to thank you for listening to Torah for Christians. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate it and tell your friends, spread the word. You are the reason for our success. And whether you identify as a Christian, a Jew, a Muslim, or even as a skeptic, we are all in this life together. So please remember, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for us to dwell together as one. Till we meet again, I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr, and this is Torah for Christians. Thank you.